Hello and welcome to The Graveyard Shift, the weekly horror podcast where we take listener-suggested movies and break them down into the good, the bad, and anything else we find fun and or relevant. My name is Mike and I never worked The Graveyard Shift alone. Please welcome the girl who took into herself the power to put up with my antics time and time again. Heather Silman. Hey guys, it's Heather. And you know what, Mike, it's fine. I'll put up with your antics because it means that I don't have to do a podcast alone. (laughs) (laughs) And always have fun, so. Uh, Technically better than the crushing solitude. Right. I'll I'll take it. Me me and you both. (laughs) So, as we continue Pride Month... We dabble into a little girl power. Today's episode is Manon Manon. Do 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 do. Manon Manon. Because we watched The Craft. Yes. Directed by Andrew Fleming. Produced by Douglas Wick. Screenplay by Peter Filardi and Andrew Fleming. With story by Peter Filardi. Cinematography by Alexander Gruzinski. Edited by Jeff Freeman, distributed by Columbia Pictures, released on May 3rd, 1996, with a runtime of 101 minutes. This movie had a budget of $15 million and a box office of $55 million, which is ironically its Rotten Tomato score, 55. Oh, oh I'm calling Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> I guess a lot of people were intimidated by confident, vengeful women. I mean, it's witchy shit. It's anyways, I'm not even going to get go into a tangent at right at the beginning of the show, but I'm just saying (laughs) Rotten Tomatoes, like, fuck them. I said it. (laughs) (laughs) It's really like the collection of people that post to Rotten Tomatoes that are the problem. I I guess so. I mean, it's a, it's It's not like Rotten Tomatoes has its own correspondence or anything. It's an aggregator site. Yeah. It's like an opinion related thing. Right. So it's it's a collection of opinions. Well, nobody cares about their opinions. (laughs) (laughs) So all the 47 people that submitted to Rotten Tomatoes, shame on half of you. Exactly. So this movie starred Robin Tunney as Sarah Bailey. Mm. (laughs) Feruza. Feruza Bulk as Nancy Downs, Nev Campbell as Bonnie Harper, Rachel True as Rochelle Zimmerman, Skeet Ulrich as Chris Hooker. Mm. Wow, I didn't know his last name. Mm. <laughs> That's my mm. <laughs> <laughs> So his first real name was Skeet, and his and his character's name was Hooker. That's <laughs> yeah. Man, that's a. Kind that, of strange. That's some nice verisimilitude right there. Yeah, it's kind of weird, but you know. Cliff DeYoung as Mr. Bailey, which is funny because he was kind of old. <laughs> Christine Taylor as Laura Lizzie. Mm-hmm. Brecken Meyer as Mitt. Nathaniel Marston as Trey. <laughs> Helen Shaver as Grace Downs, which was the uh, the trailer park MILF. Yeah. <laughs> Assumpta Cerna as Lirio. Who the fuck is Lirio? Was that the shop owner? I think it was the shop owner. Okay, because I looked at her on Wikipedia and she seemed like totally different, but I guess that's, you know, what yeah, 20 I'll, years will do to you. I'm going to check it while you're continuing, but I feel like that's her. But I also don't even, as many times as, as I have seen this, I don't recall them saying her name when they go into the uh, store, so I'm not sure. 
No, they don't even talk to her like a person. They basically treat her as like an extension of the store. No, that's her. Lirio, that's her. Right. Yep, there you go. And William Newman as a street preacher. How the hell does the street preacher get more credit, more get a higher billing than, you know, the snake bum? Uh, I don't. Is a snake bum even credited? Because I forgot about the preacher, <laughs> like completely. Yeah. And Brenda Strong as doctor. And we're gonna have a little chat about the doctor later. Okay. But uh, <laughs> we'll get to the uh, trivia. And first, let's get to the. Uh, like why this relates to uh, to Pride Month? Okay, uh, sure, go ahead. All right, so this is kind of my take on the reason why it would be related to Pride Month. Um, the film itself, okay, it's not actually stated to be explicitly queer, but according to various people, it does carry some undertones in it. Uh, their coven kind of feels like a group of LGBTQ who are trying to come to terms, you know, with their youth, which does make sense because when you're that age, you don't know who you are. You're trying to find yourself. Um, but I think it can also be interpreted as coming to grips with their sexuality. And you have Nancy who's played by Feruza Balk. And she kind of, to me, portrays this out character. So if, you know, if you look at the group of girls as a whole, she's probably going to be the one that the main focus is on as far as she could be a lesbian. And then we have Bonnie who is played by Neb Campbell and she's kind of shy and, you know, doesn't really speak up. And Rochelle played by Rachel True, you know, she's bullied for most of the, the movie by, you know, Laura because she is African American. And then we also have Sarah who is played by Robin Tooney. And I feel like she just didn't know herself either. And she was trying to battle all these demons because she dealt with, you know, a suicide attempt and her mother dying and things like that. So I think that the basis of this was more of a, let's show everybody how out, how outcast they really were, but in their own ways. And I think that we can all relate to this film because we all, have had a journey in finding ourselves, whether it be coming out or discovering, you know, a talent. So I think it's like all of us need to belong to something. And that was kind of my synopsis on that because it makes sense. But I think you have to really dig for those undertones. And it did spawn a sequel, The Craft Legacy, which mm -hmm. does have a bisexual character mm -hmm. coming out. It does. I actually did not see that, though. Um, I, I heard about it, but I didn't watch it because I wasn't sure if I would enjoy it. So I haven't seen it, but from what I've heard, like it seems to have like the same 50-50. So we may mm -hmm. fall in that camp. Yeah. And uh, I've definitely penciled it in for next year. Okay. To uh, give it a look at. Yep. And... Uh, you know, I found the through research like of up to five whole websites. Mm -hmm. uh, lesbians love this movie. Yeah, like really, and numerous gay websites mm -hmm. says that uh, they they say that there's nothing explicitly gay in the movie, but they identify with it. Whether it's like the the witchcraft angle making them outsiders, or that you know everyone just loves Catholic schoolgirl uniforms and Rosa <laughs> Balkan black lipstick. Well, I mean, and see, I, I get that. I do. That makes sense to me. 
I mean, I heard of lipstick lesbians, but lipstick that makes lesbians? I've never had any, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so what about regular, regular, like pertaining to this movie trivia, did you find worth talking about? Um, I found a few like, I mean, obviously there's a ton of trivia, not just on IMDb, but you can also just, you know, search for trivia. There's a lot of it. Um, I didn't want to sit here and go too in depth in the long <laughs> aspects of the trivia. Cause some of it was like, um, how am I going to sum this up? So I'll just kind of run through a few of the things that I found maybe interesting and maybe everybody else will. So we have Robin Tooney, of course, who is played by Sarah and now I noticed, but some other people might not notice that she actually wore a wig due to shaving her head for her role in Empire Records, which was shot in 1995. So it was like she shot that movie. They were getting ready to wrap up and then she got the role in the craft. So if you kind of pay attention at the, her hairline, you can kind of tell that she's wearing a wig, but it was done very well. So I guess most people won't you know, pay attention to it like I did. <laughs> I only noticed that it was a wig when she did that quote, quote, glamour. Oh, and it turned blonde? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Well, yeah. first, I, I, I actually first thought it was just CGI because that's how fucking bad the wig looked. Yeah, that part, that is like one of the, yeah, for sure, that's a bad part in the movie with, you know, her shit, like her shaking her head and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, so the wig looks fine. But the blonde hair, yeah, it looked a little silly. Um, so let's see. Uh, we'll go with the movie was originally or was sought, was sought after to get a PG-13 rating. But the director, Andrew Fleming, um, you know, he basically said in the final outcome, they had to go ahead and give this a movie a rating of R. But it was due to the teenage girls using witchcraft, which I found kind of stupid, right? Like, why are you giving it an R rating just because they use the witchcraft? But like, there really wasn't very much sexuality in it, nor extremely gory scenes. I think a PG 13 rating would have still been fine. How soon afterwards did we get Harry Potter? Yeah. I, right. And what is that rated? It's not rated R. So, I mean, I never saw Harry Potter. I mean, a bunch of R-rated kids movies would be fucking hilarious. Well, yeah, it would be. But at the same time, like, they go into really deep, like, the sorcery, witchcraft shit. And it's not rated R. <laughs> so, I don't know. Um, so, then I have, there were plans to release a sequel, Making Nancy, of course, uh, played by Feruza Balk, the main focus of the movie. But... For one reason or another, no one really knows. They just dropped that whole idea. Like, they decided not to go with it. Um, I don't know why that... I'm not sure that that would have carried on very well, to be honest. Because you know what happens to Nancy at the end. And it's like, well, do you want to know what happens to her? I think she just stays fucking crazy. Because she was crazy at the beginning. Yeah, she was crazy before she got magic. Exactly. And so, kind of my last little piece of trivia is that this is the first film that co-stars both Nev Campbell and Skeet Ulrich until Scream, which was also made in 1996. Look at them. But, of course, they play lovers in Scream, so this one, they were like, I don't even think that they ever spoke to each other in this movie. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, not their characters speaking to each other. Like, yeah, he makes he makes a reference about her, but well, yeah, but he makes a reference about everybody because he's kind of a douchebag. Just saying. Yeah, I, I, man, I'm trying to wonder if they even had like a screen to a screen time together because he did follow Robin when they were uh, mm-hmm. he was like trying to carry her books, but she was with Rochelle, right? Mm-hmm. So there is. A small, well, I would say that they're on the screen together, but when he is talking to Sarah, when she's sitting down at the bench, I guess at lunchtime, and he goes, it's like right at the beginning when he goes and introduces himself to her, and she's kind of like, oh, I'm having a bad day, and then those three girls have not been very nice, and that's when he kind of is like, oh, the bitches of Eastwick, you know, because yeah, nobody likes them. them. Yeah. He talks about them, her, but he could just be looking off camera. Well, true, but that's the only, like, I don't really recall them being specifically in the same like scene together. So maybe not. It's possible. They could not have even met at the time. Maybe. (laughs) Well, they meet and scream. So we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. They make up for lost time. Yeah. And he looks better in scream. Cause I don't know what the fuck was going on with his, I guess he's supposed to be like, they were in Catholic school. So whatever. (laughs) They couldn't let him go full skeet. (laughs) Skeet, skeet, motherfucker. <laughs> ah, skeet, skeet, goddamn! <laughs> right? <laughs> do, you, do you think he ever sued Little John for royalties? I don't know, but you know that I actually met him at a uh, Texas Frightmare at a con, and he—I just want to say this real quick because it's hilarious. Like, we go to meeting, we see that because um, that that year they were kind of doing not really a scream reunion because Nev Campbell couldn't make it, but they had David Arquette there, Matthew Lillard. And so he's literally has no one in his line. I'm not joking. No one is in line to meet him. And we go up, get his autograph, and he's he's really nice. I'll say that. He was very polite, very nice, but he literally reeked of cigarettes. Like oh. so bad. Like we you know, he put his arms around us to take a picture, and I was just like Damn, is this like all he's been doing? Well, as soon as we walk away, there's an exit door. He he walks out because nobody's at his table and he has a pack of cigarettes with him. So I was like, oh, he's going to take another smoke break. <laughs> no wonder. Wow. Yeah. So this must have been before Riverdale. This was definitely before Riverdale because he's like gotten much older. And I would say that he's aged okay-ish. Like, I, I don't really know his age, what it would be like in his late 40s, maybe. Um, but yeah, like Riverdale, I only watched a little bit of Riverdale. And as soon as Luke Perry's character, you know, I'm going to spoil it for people that haven't seen it. I don't care. He dies in real life. But then he, his character dies on the show, obviously. Uh, I stopped watching it. Mm-mm. No. Nah. <laughs> it got fucking stupid. No, I'm not joking. It's ridiculous. It was stupid from the start, but that's why I loved it. Well, see, I like, but I liked it. At first, like, I was like, like, "Oh, Betty having this dark side, Archie hooking up with Miss Grandy, like this is just exactly. Like, this, is, this is like someone just took like the most fucked up comic plots that that would never make it in print, and they're just like, let's put this shit all on the screen. Like, let's make Chuck Clayton a rapist. Yeah, let's make." Let's make Mr. Weatherby uh, like a fascist or something. Like, let's just fucking go ham. Let's let's make Veronica and her father uh, Latino, Latin, Latinx. Yeah, I think Whatever. they were Latin. Yeah, I mean, I guess so because that is uh, what's his name. He is married to. Uh, Kelly Ripa or whatever the news, not the news anchor person, but you know what I'm talking about. 
Good Morning and, America or some bullshit. I don't know. So like it, it was all, and let's make let's make Mister Lodge like the, you know the the, the slightly cantankerous businessman. Let's make him a full on fucking mobster. So yeah, that was it, when I saw all that shit. I'm just like, this is fucking banana bonkers. I'm down. Like it it just yeah. While being serious, it can't possibly take itself serious. So I, I was just in for a good time. Like Betty's dad's a fucking serial killer. I fucking love it. Man, he's also played by uh oh my god, and I can't think of his name in real life, but he was in a bunch of comedy shit, like a scary movie and uh was that Dead Man on Campus and bullshit like that. So he's like I think he was in uh, like a Friday the thirteenth like Jason Goes to Hell. I think he was like the sheriff. I don't remember. He was like the good cop. But he cracks me up because you see him and he's so like a goofy character usually. And then he's like playing her dad. <laughs> it's like, and then you're the serial killer. Like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. So I, I was just like, I, I'm full on for Riverdale because it yeah. is just bonkers. It, it was. But it, I'm telling you that after like the first, uh, second, maybe second season, me and my daughter stopped watching it because like I said, Archie's dad dying. And it's like they had to kind of kill him, you know, kill him off the show because he died in real life. And Luke Perry was a fucking, ugh, mm, mwah, loved him. So, like, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, so hot. And it's like, okay, well, now I don't want to watch the show anymore because it's garbage. And yeah, it did. He was, like, he was like America's dad. He was. R.I.P. Luke Perry. So, back to trivia. Yes. Uh, what's uh, What's the rest of your trivia? That was the last bit of my trivia. Okay, so I I wasn't as selective as you. Uh, I'll just blast through the trivia I found. Mm -hmm. uh, the production enlisted a real-life Wiccan named Pat Devon to act as an on-set advisor for the film. So they had a real Wiccan write the incantations that were used here to ensure the treatment of the Wiccan subject matter was accurate and respectful as possible. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if this is what turned Feruza Bulk or if she's the one that brought this woman in, but Feruza Bulk is a Wiccan in real life. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I, I didn't know that. I I knew about the the real life uh, Wiccan being on set, but I didn't know that she dabbled in that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was the one that uh, that gave them the contacts. Okay. So she was the real Wiccan and brought in the expert for uh, stuff she didn't know. Hmm. And uh, yeah, all the teens were all the teens were in their twenties at the time of filming because you know mm -hmm. that was just the thing. Like whether they look thirty, like if if they're thirty but they look twenty, make them sixteen. Exactly. <laughs> now they looked pretty young. Could they pass to be sixteen? No, but they still look relatively young. Yeah, they'd be like you know. First year college students. Yeah, nineteen to twenty one. I say somewhere somewhere up in there, like not quite. You know, the best part I found was the goofs. Mm hmm. Like that was just my, my my best part. Like when Bonnie goes to gene therapy, the scars are all over her back and down her arm. Mm hmm. But when the four of them are strutting down the hallway, her short sleeve shirt reveals that there's no scars on her arm. But yet, when she's going back to the doctor the second time, the scars are back. So yeah. So she has selective burns. Well, that happens a lot in a lot of movies. And I actually didn't pay attention to that, but I'm glad you brought that to the forefront because I would have never, you know, I'm not, I guess I wasn't focused on that. 
Yeah, and when Bonnie goes back to gene therapy, she has bandages on, but they weren't shown in any other part of the movie, mm-hmm. and they go up her neck. Yeah, they do. They do. It's, yeah, scars are never seen on that part of her body, even when her hair's up. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one is that Sarah's wrist scars are inconsistent throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. So when you have when you have roaming scars, your makeup department's a little slack. Yeah. The chest of drawers that hits Sarah in the uh, the final confrontation. If you notice when Feruza starts digging through the rubble, there's no like shattered wood in that rubble. There's no drawer. There's no dresser in that rubble. She's just searching through clothing. Yeah. It's as if the dresser went through the fucking wall. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> That is funny. <laughs> and uh, the red Mustang has no driver's side mirror in one shot. A few seconds later, it does. Oh, God. And uh, when Chris and Sarah are sitting in his convertible on the night they're supposed to go out to dinner, it's obviously dark out at nighttime. Yet when Sarah runs through the woods to get away from him, it's mm-hmm. daytime with a blue sky seen through the trees. Oh, yeah. I do remember that, but I don't think I paid as much attention to it just because I'm like kind of watching what's going on and not paying attention to the outside scenery. <laughs> but yeah, now that you say that, it's all coming like to my head. Uh, uh, Sarah's shirt through the climax of the movie changes from a ribbed pattern to a plain non-ribbed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when when Sarah walks into the room where Nancy and Chris are on the bed, as soon as Nancy appears in her own form again, you can see her lipstick is smeared to the point of almost being gone. But when she gets off the bed and starts yelling at Chris, her lipstick is perfect. Yes. the, the I, I, I looked at that last night. That's so funny. When I was watching it, I was like, okay, they're making out, they're kissing, but her lips just look pink. But then, like, literally, next shot, you can see that dark lip liner, that dark color back on her lips. And I didn't I didn't think to add that, but I was like, what the fuck? Did it just come back on? <laughs> like, <laughs> the kiss is revoked. Uh, and uh, Sarah's lipstick. It's not the only lipstick fuck up. Sarah's <laughs> lipstick in the final scene is sometimes on and sometimes mm-hmm. not. True. And uh, during the levitation scene, the candles on the floor disappear during some shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Nancy, Rochelle, and Bonnie walk up to Sarah by the football field, Nancy's holding a book. But when the camera moves to Sarah and then it comes back, the book has been turned around. Mm-hmm. And in the green traffic light scene, uh, scene shot from the passenger side of the car show, Nancy, who's driving, holding her arm up and leaning out the window with a cigarette. And then other shots from uh, the driver's side show her left arm resting. Mm-hmm. Now, here's one that I could not fucking believe happened because, like, just the amount of work it would take for this to to to, to, to fuck up. During the beginning title sequence, the cab changes companies. Yeah. <laughs> because when they're picked up at the airport, it is yeah. Rapid Taxi with the logo on the passenger front door uh-huh when they get to the house it is now star cab with the logo on the back door of the passenger side that's see i didn't notice that but again i guess some things unless i'm doing my own podcast you know where i do pick apart the entire movie and find these ridiculous things i guess i'm not looking for them as in depth so well the the, the fact that this movie has a and I'm I'm only have and I'm not even done all the goofs. 
that this movie has got a ton of errors in it. Not that it's going to hold up. It's not going to really change much of the rating at mm-hmm. all, but it's, it's just hilarious that's, that this movie got to be as good as it was with so much lack of attention. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like when the girls first enter the occult shop, the door mm-hmm. swings inside. Mm-hmm. But when they exit, it swings outside. See? Did notice. It's like, these aren't saloon doors. This is supposed to be a door. Yeah. <laughs> you know, fr- frames make sure that they don't swing both ways. Yes. Un- unlike possibly some of the uh, uh, characters. Yeah. Uh, when it's revealed that the ritual has beached many sharks, the wide shot shows the shark nearest to them looks like a great white. However, when uh, Feruza Balk is now playing around with the uh, creature, like saying, this is my gift and all that, mm-hmm. it's now a swordfish. Yeah, I did notice that too, but I wasn't sure what was going on with that because I like, you know, I know that whole scene with the sharks and then I was like, wait a minute, that doesn't really, what is that exactly? Is that a shark? I don't know. Yeah, it was supposed to be a great white first. The great white was the closest one. Yeah, when she's kneeling down, it's like a black one. And I'm like, oh, come on. Yep. I guess that's where the lipstick went. When it it left her during the Chris scene, it went to the shark. Yeah. (laughs) They mention that they're going to go shoplifting. Mm -hmm. But uh, when they get to the store, uh, they manage, uh, someone like whips out 50 bucks for the purchase of a spell book and candles. (laughs) Yeah, uh, Sarah does, because she was like, oh, I don't have any money when they asked her to go shopping while she's watching Chris do football practice, even though she wasn't watching him. I Um, only have 50 bucks on me. Yeah, it was like, I don't have any money. And she's like, well, we don't need money, basically. And then she ends up, of course, paying for the shit. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, that just lets you know what kind of privileged fucking home life she comes from. I don't have any money. I only have at least $50 on me. At least a $50 bill. Yeah, I get that. But I don't know if I consider that as much as a goof as just a misleading part. Because I think she just didn't really want to go with them at first. So it's like, let me tell them I don't have any money. So they won't, <laughs> you know, ask me to go, right? And she still does. But I'm obviously she didn't want to shoplift. So. <laughs> and uh, the opening scene where Nancy and family are moving to their new house. It's pouring rain. As they turn up and go to the dr- as they turn in and go up to the driveway, the car windshield wipers show that it has stopped raining and the sun is out. Mm-hmm. But moments later, when they're leaving the car, it is pouring again. Mm-hmm. Maybe they live in Louisiana. Maybe it was shot in Louisiana. Which weather? Because <laughs> sometimes it rains, then the sun comes out five minutes later, and then you turn your head and it's fucking tornadoes. <laughs> so there you go. And. uh... And even some crew mistakes, like towards the end when Sarah's walking through her dark house, you can see two crew members in the mirror. Fuck, I'm going to have to rewatch this shit again to see this because I didn't I didn't notice that. And when Sarah walks into her room for the first time, you can see a shadow of one of the crew members on the door. Dear God, come on, Kraft. And uh, just like a character goof, Nancy Downs is very poor. She lives mm-hmm. in a trailer. Yeah. And yet she's going to an expensive Catholic private school in Southern California. Yeah, uh, I know. I get it. I get it. I, I get why that's a goof or or a, really a plot hole, right? Because it's kind of like, how the fuck does she, she – they don't even have electricity or the shit gets cut off. So it's like, <laughs> how can you afford to go to this, like, five-star school? 
Yeah, and uh, Robin Tony's wig is obvious in some scenes, like including the uh, the glamours mm-hmm. and the climax when Nancy makes cuts on Sarah's arm. Yes. And my favorite and final one. Okay. <laughs> is the nurse tells Bonnie that they cannot make any warranties regarding results or side effects for the procedure. Mm-hmm. A warranty is a document assuring that an item will be replaced if it breaks or does not function. The word she was looking for was guarantee. Yeah. She goofed. She did. And she does say that. If we can't fix your daughter, I guarantee we have, we will give you a daughter of equal or lesser value. Right. Oh, God. I didn't think about that. Because I'm just, you know, I'm watching the context of the movie where I'm just like, oh, I hope her scars disappear. But the fact that she labeled her as a used car <laughs> instead of a human being. Yeah, that that's that was she's stupid. <laughs> we will we will reupholster your child at no extra cost. Right. That's that is kind of ridiculous. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, uh. So, because I haven't talked enough, we get to the goods. Let me always start with me. I love the opening. It's witches doing witch shit. We see, like, uh, crystal orbs uh, suspended on, like, golden pedestals. Mm-hmm. Vials, decanters with colored liquid in it, candles being lit, uh, soft chanting. Let me get a close-up of my 90s goth crush. Yes. So I was just like, yes, mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the Farusa bulk of all? <laughs> uh, I agree with your first good. I, I love it. And I loved her. I think I even tried to copy her style because I would have been about 13 when this came out. So I was like, oh, I want to get my nose pierced. Like, oh, I love it because she was so edgy. Now I thought that was really cool. I just want to like grab my hands and like pull like just like <laughs> pull the hair out so you just look like you constantly stuck your finger in a light socket. <laughs> that happens more towards the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, her haircut was kind of weird, but yeah, I still liked her style. <laughs> uh, so what's your first good? All right, so my first good is the whole fucking cast. I loved the cast, okay? Because you have Nev Campbell, Robin Tooney, Faruza Balk, Skeet Ulrich, Brecken Meyer, Christine Taylor, and Rachel True. And for me, these guys really were the epitome of the men the mid nineties. You think about it, like Rachel True, a lot of people may not know a lot of stuff that she was in, but she was in Half Baked. She played Mary Jane, uh, you know, which was a goofy ass movie. Christine Taylor, of course, everybody knows who the fuck she is. And you have Brecken Meyer, who was in Clueless. And so for me, like the 90s, I loved it. I think they, they picked a good group of people to be in this film. Yep, can't disagree. The, uh, the casting was on point. Mm hmm. Uh, my next good is between Scream and this was Skeet Ulrich always playing scumbags in the 90s. <laughs> Kinda. <laughs> and uh, also about his character, congratulations to the writers on creating a scenario where you can reasonably take pity on the rapist. Yeah. Well, that happens in a lot of movies, honestly. But yeah, I get that. No, I mean like pity, not hate. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I get that. That's what I'm saying. It's like, oh, let's feel sorry for this person. But it's like, you're clearly a scumbag. (laughs) So why do we feel bad for you? He get he's the one that gets like the real pass because, Mm -hmm. you know, technically his mind was violated. So he's just Mm -hmm. acting out these this programming that that's yeah. been forced on him so he's like when he wasn't bewitched he was a dick yeah he, like yeah. just a run of the mill jerk not one that requires like excessive violence like and he seems like he wasn't even like dead set on persecuting anybody afterwards he's just like you know what we didn't bang i just spread a rumor about you and yeah. I'm ready to be a background character for the rest of the movie. But you had to pull me back in. Like, he, he wasn't going to keep on bullying her. He wasn't showing up at her house. He just like, did a dick move. And that was it. He was done. Yeah, but I think she felt, you know, like Sarah felt that maybe he was a good guy underneath it all, right? He has this facade of being a fucking douchebag, which I don't know if it was a facade because he really played that. I mean, like he really did portray a douchebag or maybe your typical jock high school guy. But I think that's why she did that spell on him. It was kind of like maybe part of it was for revenge, of course, because he did spread those nasty rumors about her. But also, I she liked him, I think. I think yeah. she you had a little something for him. And then it was like the spell went wrong. Yeah, she fucked up the spell rather than like, yes. you know, make him good. It was like make him obsessed with me. And, you know. Oh, my God. You, yes. you made him obsessed with you. The guy. I mean, like he wasn't a rapist before. When he wanted to, like, get somewhere with her, she's like, I don't think so. And immediately he's like, okay, see you tomorrow. Like, he he, he made her regret it later, but in the moment, he mm-hmm. wasn't thinking, like, oh, I'm entitled to this. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna put out and you're going to like it. He was just like, okay, fine. Like, Exactly. He, he at least had some value for consent, even if he, he was going to deny that, mm-hmm. that, yeah. that <laughs> revoked consent later. Exactly, yeah. I mean, he didn't, like actually try to rape her obviously it was like you said when she was like no i want to go home and he's just kind of like okay like he takes her home yeah so it's what she does to him like it's one of the few Mm -hmm. cases where you can actually say like look at what she made him do she made him like the mark Wahlberg of witchcraft right from fear (laughs) right because he was fucking crazy as fuck too over nicole uh so it was like that's him, except for, you know, Mark Wahlberg wasn't uh, under a spell. He was just fucking bad and crazy, but loving. <laughs> yeah, so like I said, the only truly pitiable rapist. Because mm-hmm. he was literally forced to do that. That's true. I agree. So, you know, congratulations on making a, a character who does despicable things, but you're like, it's really not his fault. Yeah. Kind of wasn't, actually. So, you know, that's great. What's your uh, what's your next good? All right. So I put as my next good, and it kind of ties into uh, Chris's character as well, that Nancy, because she was probably one of my favorite characters, more so in the beginning, you know, because you get a different Nancy than you do later on. But I think I like, I mean, I like the fact that she basically knew that Chris was this douchebag. Now, it doesn't, you don't know that 
Chris and her had actually hooked up. But her kind of no-nonsense attitude, I like that about her. She was just like, you know what? She tried to warn Sarah in a way to be like, hey, you don't really want to fuck around with him because he kind of is a douchebag and he treats women like whores. And he did. But, you know, she's it's Skeet Ulrich. Of course, she's going to be like, I don't care. I want him. <laughs> but I like, like I said, Nancy's character at the beginning was kind of like this, you know, she was kind of a bitch, but it worked. And she was kind of that girl that maybe you wanted to hang out with when you were in high school. And it was like, oh, she's edgy and dark and she takes no shit. But then as we see, <laughs> she gets a little bit fucking crazy. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks like she. At first, you think like, "Oh, she's done with them," but then you realize, yeah. oh, she's got some unresolved issues with them." And rightfully so, to me, if if I say so. Yeah, and uh, another casting thing I loved, like, and uh, just a, a great character was mm-hmm. Christine Taylor. Mm-hmm. She was like the '90s Tommy Laren, <laughs> like blonde. Very photogenic and fucking racist. Oh, she, God. She yes. just owns her hate. Like, I, I guarantee you, nowadays, Laura would be running a campaign to have the word Karen banned under reverse racism. Exactly. And, and she, was, she would definitely be working for Fox News. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh, guys. We're getting a little political on this show at times. No, I agree. She was a fucking cunt. Like, there was no reason for her to have been that fucking racist to Rochelle. It was almost like it was just so natural. Like, I don't fucking like you because you're black. Like, are you... (laughs) What the fuck? Wow. Didn't even use, like, the full N-word. She was just, like, Negroids. Oh. I I, I, I remember hearing that word in school. Yeah. As, like, the, you know, like, there's Caucasoids, Mongoloids, Negroids, Australoids. Which, yeah. And then I've learned later, like, yeah, those terms are, uh, they're very term- derogatory. Like, yeah. <laughs> they, they seem scientific because they're used by, you know, sci- scientists or like, uh, ethno cult. Uh, I don't even know what the term was for people that would like study different, uh, cultures. Yeah. But it would like, it's meant to be like, it's a clinical term, but it's, you know, still rooted in like very racist garbage. <laughs> So uh, it's like, wow, I haven't heard that word since school. And, you know, it's a good thing because it's a, it's, it's a bad word. It's a, it's a very not nice word. And <laughs> if I heard anybody say it, I'd be pretty offended myself. Even though I'm not African-American, it's still like, I think it, I don't want to say it's worse than the full N-word, but it's, it's to me almost more insulting because it's like a, a uh, downplayed version. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? You like know, it's just- it cl- because because it, cause it uh, <clears throat> came from scientists rather than yeah. you know cotton farmers. Mm-hmm. It, it's it has like that that authenticity to it, and I say that in yeah. big ass motherfucking quotes. Yeah, exactly. It, it just sounds more scientific, and you know, well, it, it can't be it can't be racist if it's true. Almost like they were some type of other species. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. not that she's just African-American. It's like, oh, you know, you're just this other species of garbage in her eyes, which was fucked up really bad. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, it's like, you. well, it's basically eugenics. Yeah. Which was like also science-backed racism. 
Mm-hmm. And again, science in big ass quotes because it's like big words to describe small minded thoughts. Uh huh. Yep. And moving on, what's your next good? All right. So my next good is going to be that uh, when the girls go on a, I guess they go on some sort of field trip and they get dropped off and the bus driver tells them, hey, watch out for the weirdos. And Nancy says, we are the weirdos, mister. So I thought that was fun because I was like, I almost even got that tattooed on me at one point because that's how much I really like this movie. And I thought it was funny that she said that because there's no need for anybody to be afraid. They should be afraid of us. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because they, they were the weirdos. And again, that's a portrayal of Nancy's character being the boss of the whole group. Yeah. That's at first. What, that was my next good. I fucking loved it. It also leads to this neat little ritual. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of sad that the girl with, like, the trademark mouth of this movie mm-hmm. wasn't doing, like, the same lip kissing that Rochelle and Bonnie did. Yeah. Of course, we find out later that Nev Campbell also did that scene in Wild Things. So, you know, she's mm. down to clown more than the goth, who you think by their very nature, like, punk goth would yeah. be the one to defy societal conventions. But no, she just goes for the cheat kiss. Yeah, I know, right? It's like, why is there no mouth-to-mouth kissing? And maybe there could be some implication of the queer undertones in that, but I think it was more of a sisterhood type of situation. But still, if somebody else sees it, you could get a little undertones from that, so that may help support that theory for this movie. But yeah, like, why didn't... You would think Nancy would be full-on, like, big smooch. And it was like this little, oh, like like a kiss your grandma gives you or something. I don't know. Put that trap to use. Yeah. (laughs) Big ass mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So uh, my next good is Helen Shaver is Trailer Park Milf. I said Mm -hmm. before, I'll say it again. Nancy has a yummy mommy. (laughs) We love mommy. Mommy tastes good. (laughs) Well, mommy tastes like (laughs) cigarettes, but you know, you can put up with it. She does smoke a lot of cigarettes in this movie. She smokes a lot. Well, given her life, you can understand why she's got to like constantly shave off that stress. But it's a shame we don't get to see what she really becomes after the uh, after her husband's taken care of. Yeah. But we, <laughs> she definitely cleans up. She's got that Peggy Bundy energy. She, when she does. When she gets her apartment. Yes, and she's so excited, and she just wants to be, like, one of the girls with her daughter and her group of friends. If you remember that scene, it's like, oh, let's have a little party, and it's like, slam. I can tell you about Connie Francis. (laughs) Oh, my God, the jukebox, yes. (laughs) Like, all Connie Francis songs. That's it. (laughs) That's all she ever wanted. All you had to do is just wait, like, another eight years, and you could have got an iPod. Right, well... They didn't know, and I think they blew that $175,000 real fucking fast. <laughs> Even for 96 it may have been a little bit more money then, but it's like, uh, look at your fucking apartment. <laughs> now, now we can buy those pristine menthols. Right? Oh, God. No more cools or whatever. I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay, what's your next good? All right, so my next good would be... Um, and it might be a contradictory good in a way, but the girls all start getting this sort of revenge on the ones that have hurt them, right? 
We have Sarah who invokes oh, that's, Chris. That's always first on the to-do list when you gain well, supernatural powers. Exactly, right? But Sarah, you know, she invokes Chris to be honest. He 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 be, he does become more truthful, but you know, but it, he also becomes obsessed with her. If that's all she asked for, that would have been good. She so she did the love spell, right? So yeah, she monkey paused the wish. So, like I said, there's a there's a maybe a little little bit of bad aspects of this too. But then you have Bonnie, who she just wants to be beautiful, right? She wants to get rid of these scars, and she loses all her scars magically, of course. Rochelle getting revenge on Laura by making all of her hair fall out, and then Nancy. You know, at first, none of her shit worked. She was getting pissed off. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, weird fucking pedophile stepdad, mom's boyfriend, whatever the fuck he was. He dies and they get out of the trailer park and they get into this fucking nice ass apartment. So she does get to get out of a, you know, shitty situation. But at the same time, all the shit came with a price. So that kind of be my little bit of bad that gets mixed in with that. Because <laughs> it came back threefold. Yeah, uh, well, you know, well, they were all acting selfish. It's they not were. only about they were. Like, growing up, and only one of them did. Exactly. So my final good is the pretty damn great confrontation at the end. You got, mm-hmm. like, let, let's run down what makes a great battle. <clears throat> Creepy floating. Yeah. Check. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the hero comes to their power and makes the minion scamper away so she can focus on the ringleader by yeah. playing their biggest fears against them, check. Mm-hmm. Epic showdown between two balanced opponents until the power of right tips the scales, check. The, the only thing it was missing was Stan Bush singing, You got the touch! <laughs> you got the power. Yeah. <laughs> you know I know that. <laughs> so that's great. That's great. I totally agree too. <laughs> and insert humiliating defeat and fate worse than death for the end. Uh, yes. So it's got all you want from a final showdown. It does. I loved it. Love it. So what's the rest of your goods? All right, so I have one final good. Now, and I say this, now I have, to be honest with you, this would have had to have been like a half a day podcast because there are so many more goods. I just tried to pick out specific things for the show. But um, what my, my final good would be when the girls are all at a sleepover and they decide to play light as a feather, stiff as a board. And the reason why I put this as a good is it brought back some really funny childhood memories for me because whenever I would go to sleepovers, all my friends were always like, let's try to play light as a feather, stiff as a board, right? It's going to work. Now, obviously, it worked in the movie. Never worked in real life for me, but hey, I like witchy shit, and I thought it was fun. I think I've always been obsessed with um, things that are scary. So <laughs> I just I thought that was a fun part, and then it actually works, and they get our ass up off you know, the ground, and it's like, what the fuck? I wish it would have worked for me. It didn't. Well, it works if you've got, like, a light friend and, like, three <laughs> or four people using their full palms instead I of their mean, fingers. I mean, maybe, but it never <laughs> it worked for work. me. <laughs> I'm going to try it later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so I guess we'll go with the bads and we'll uh, always let the guests draw first blood. What was your first <sighs> 
All right. So my first bad had to do with Nancy's living situation, right? She clearly has this, although she may be MILF trailer park trash, that's what I'm going to call her. She kind of was a bad mom in that aspect because it was like she picked this shitty dude to be with and their lights get cut off. They can't even pay the electricity bill. And it's not like you're hooking up with this guy for his money. No, and also, well, <laughs> maybe maybe later, but <laughs> at first, it's like, well, and then he also tries to, like, fuck around with Nancy. You can tell that he maybe has made passes at her, and it's like he lifts up. I know she goes to the refrigerator in one scene, and it's like, or I think right before he dies, she, he's, like, trying to lift up her robe or her nightgown, and it's like, what the, f- really, mother- Come on now. You could have picked somebody better. And he was disgusting anyway. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, My first bad was uh, 90s gene therapy was rough (laughs) because apparently they just hook, they just lay you down and, and drag you under a giant fucking sewing machine. That was bad. Yeah. Like I I couldn't tell if she was either getting a, uh, a button sewn on or if she was getting a fucking full body tattoo, but <sighs> they call it gene therapy. I don't think like as far as I know, gene therapy is like an injection with a needle. This is like stab, 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 stab. Yeah. And it was like, what was it for? Like, was it to like loosen the scarred skin? See, I didn't get that either. I feel like that was totally inaccurate uh, for that part of the movie. They could have done something different. Like you said, it looked very painful and torturous. Like skin graft would have made sense, but like yeah. gene therapy, like burns aren't genetic. No, they're not. And see, but it, they don't ever tell you either. From what I remember, they don't tell you how she got these scars. Like, how did she get burned that badly? Like, what the fuck happened? Her mom set her on fire. Like, God, like what happened? <laughs> well, she was just like rolling around in the gas and. Unfortunately, mom was smoking, and there you go. Uh, maybe. I don't think her mom really smoked, though. <laughs> or listen to Not Connie anymore. Francis. <laughs> no. Oh, God. Uh, what's your next bad? All right. So my next bad would kind of pertain to um, Sarah and Chris. You know, obviously, Chris starts to become obsessed with her, and this is where it gets bad for me is because he starts to show up at a window, He just like starts to show up and it's kind of creepy. It's like, what the fuck's happening now? Obviously the spell's gone too far, but brainwashing you did on this poor boy without any further instructions or modifications is he's on autopilot now. He is. And so that's why it's bad for me because I keep thinking like, she's just chilling, right? She's thinking, Oh, I'm just going to make him love me or be respectable to me or whatever. But no, this motherfucker is standing outside your window, and he is not Romeo, like, yeah. and you are not Juliet. So well, what is going she on? She she thought she wanted him to love her, but she didn't love him. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And one-sided love is obsession. Unrequited love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, my next bad, uh, I'm not going to claim it as a bad, but it was just like mentioning her mm-hmm. hair. Like, I put down the couldn't even dye her hair for a 15-second shot because it was obvious <laughs> CGI. And then I have yeah. to scratch that because, no, it was just a wig that in real life looked so bad, it just looked like CGI. Yeah. It, lo- it looked like they just, like, adjusted the color saturation of, 
of uh, her normal hair. It looked like a video game. Like it was really, it was really strange. I remember that seeing it when I was like younger watching it. I was like, why is her hair? That is the most, that's the shittiest part. I know. It just looks like, is, is the hair going to come to life? I know. And then she's like, touch it. it. And Nancy's like, it's real. It's like, uh, nah, bitch, it's not. That's like Nintendo shit. I don't know what's going on, but <laughs> that's that's not real. Uh, my actual bad was Laura, <laughs> when, when she loses her hair, it's not like I'm going <laughs> to lament. Like, oh, the loss of like neo, neo-Nazi Barbie's hair. But yeah. It shows her in the shower. Like a day or two later, and she's lost even more hair. Like, are you mm-hmm. still fucking going to school after you lose half your hair? Like she had none on the top. Well, she lost like a like some big chunks of it in mm-hmm. in the, the pool scene, and I was just like, okay, I get you're suffering witchcraft, but you know when you lose like a third of your hair, just mm-hmm. shave it and get a wig while you're going to the doctors. Maybe they yeah. can put you under the giant sewing machine at work for Bonnie. I mean, uh, hello. Yes, it did. Bonnie got hot. Yeah, but we see her like a day or two later, and she's like crying in the shower. She's lost even more hair. Uh, her head yeah. is starting to like scar up. Yeah, which it, was weird. I guess like you needed a justification for the hair falling out, so like the cells are dying or or something. I or guess. maybe she was just <clears throat> maybe comes from her like trying to like rub the uh, the amoxidil or whatever they do to uh, restore baldness. Or you don't Rogaine. Yeah. No, uh, there was the other one, like amoxicillin or something. I don't but, know. Amoxicillin's an p- uh, antibiotic, I think. Yeah, I'm fucking it up. I know that. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's uh, We don't know. Look, regardless, the whole point is, is that her hair was falling out in these huge chunks. And she still and went to like, school. For and she still went to school. <laughs> she didn't give a shit. Maybe she just thought she was like PMSing and it's like, oh, I'm so stressed out. <laughs> like, no, nah, bitch, you got witchcraft on your head. That's what's wrong. <laughs> uh, what's in your head? In your head, witchcraft, witchcraft. Or Rochelle, Rochelle. <laughs> <laughs> she did eventually. She did eventually go for the wig. She did, at, and at it was party. fucking awful. Come on, now it was worse than fucking Sarah's blonde wig. <laughs> at least she had a reason for that. Well, she did, and at least it was real. At least it was like an actual wig that they put over her head. (laughs) So there you go. And she has, like, also, like, as a continuation, you Mm -hmm. think at some point uh, Laura would have, like, talked to Rochelle and be like, hey, you know what, I'm, I I was pretty fucking shitty. Now that people are making the fucking fun out of me, it's, Mm -hmm. like, you think she'd have, like, some... Even if it's like Republican tears, where it's just like, you know what? I did feel bad for you, but now I didn't feel bad for you. But now that bad things have happened to me, I understand it kind of (laughs) sucks. I and I need things to happen to me so that I understand how they feel for other people. But you know, that's my that's about as much empathy as I can generate. Well, but she does kind of like at the party where she's wearing the blonde wig and she, um, you know, they're, they're going to try to find Nancy, I think. And, um, she does go up to Rochelle and she's just like, Hey, how's it going? So that was a very shitty attempt at maybe trying to, I don't want to say apologize, but it was almost like, 
I have these bad things happen to me. All my fucking hair is falling out. I have to wear this stupid fucking Marsha Brady wig. Like, I don't know what's going on. And But she doesn't actually apologize to her. Yeah. It's just like, um, hey, how's it going? <laughs> Obviously, it's going fucking bald for you. So, you know, Rochelle knows what she did. Yeah, it's that's why it's so bad because it's like a missed opportunity for the character to show some growth or change or even you know you could have just like they're all they are they're all on the road to becoming selfish vile yeah. revenge dominated women exactly you, you could have had a point where laura's character kind of like you know becomes either sympathetic or you mm-hmm. know is making amends mm-hmm. you know give rochelle some more character like you think with what she's going through, we're going to see, like, yeah, we're going to see a, a bit of her journey. Mm-hmm. But it seems after she gets her revenge, then she just gets downgraded to the the cute black henchman rather than the uh, the goth wannabe Nev Campbell henchman. Well, yeah, and yeah, I don't want to say token black girl because that, you know, I don't mean it in that way. But it was kind of true for this movie because, like you said... As soon as she gets her revenge, it's like her character almost becomes irrelevant to the rest of the movie. She doesn't really, there's nothing uh, pivotal that happens. She, she got her revenge and then never got an apology. So there you go. Yeah. Like it would have been nice if we saw Laura make, cause like no other person who's like the target of revenge, like learns their lesson or, you know, tries to show amends. Yeah, and it looks like we were teased with the possibility of it, but they just mm-hmm. they just didn't think like oh, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't want to write like another script where like this character yeah she gets made fun of because she's black, and then that's fucking it that that's about as in depth as this person's character gets. Yeah, I know. I yeah, they get no gro- a- no growth, no redemption, no mm-hmm. like when she try like because. Uh, when uh, Sarah's trying to turn them at, at at the end, it's like, yeah, you know, uh, can't you see you're out of control? You're blah, blah, blah. She doesn't care about you. If they flushed out the character, then Rochelle could be the one to tell Bonnie, like, hey, like, she's right. Like, I mm-hmm. got my revenge, but it wasn't everything I wanted. Turns exactly. Out all I wanted was, like, for Laura to, like, just see me as a person. And, you know, we've been talking since the uh since my since my little spell on her yeah and you know reverse the spell like show some growth make a change but no they just turn her into like basically like like one of the hyenas from the lion king they do i mean they just it's it's like she's just kind of a throwaway character after that point there's no substance with her she doesn't have a whole lot of um, I know she doesn't do a lot of speaking. For, I mean, like hardly. After that, it's just kind of like she's an afterthought. Yeah. So there was plenty of potential, and they just mm-hmm. thought like she did her job. Next, it's only about these mm-hmm. two girls, basically. And uh, oh, that that went on a little longer than I expected. That's okay. <laughs> so, what's your next bad? All right, this is my next and final bad. Um, so Nancy, of course. She has taken her power a little bit too far. I think we know this. Once you build up after they they kind of start getting their wishes, so to speak, you know, she basically invokes something, the whole essence of Minot. Minot? Minot. Yeah, Minot. 
I never could remember how to say it, but anyways. I thought so they she basically, said it Manu, but when I looked it up, it was spelled like Menon. I know. So it was kind of like, how do you say it? But anyway, she, so she invokes the entire, basically the entire entity of that uh, because she wants to be able to have full control of everything. And the whole beach scene comes into play with this bad because, you know, they're doing the little spell on the beach and you see her walking out and you have all these fucking dead sharks. And again, we talked about this. <laughs> One of them is not, eh, it's not really like a great white, but that part was kind of fucked up because it's like, why did you have to kill so many sharks? She's yeah, but like, like all these dead sharks, the, these the stinky dead corpses that are scaring the fuck out of children. It's my gift. Yeah, but it was just so like unnecessary to me because I feel like there could have been a different way to portray <laughs> because she was basically like of nature, right? She she wanted to own everything to to be able to do everything. She's like a cat. She brought like a dead body up to your mm-hmm. doorstep. Doorstep being the beach. Look what I got, like, a dead rat. <laughs> look, look what I brought you. I love you. Yeah, is I just didn't like her character for me at that point. What what uh, which what also makes it a bad is that she just got too fucking obsessed. She, you start to get the dislike for her at this point because you are like, what's well, her plans for this power? Like, exactly. She like, got her revenge. She got her come up. Mm-hmm. She's her. She's living large. She's got money, which is like the real power. Yeah. It's not like people are like, it's not like the persecution in school is amped up to the point where like, I need power so I can go full carry. Like she has yeah. no opposition at this she point. She doesn't. Mm-mm. It's almost like she just want to do bad shit. Yeah. What's she getting the power up for? She, yeah. has, she has no more targets. She's not being targeted. And I'll, and I'll say this too real quick before we get into the next category, but I think this was almost like a little throw to mental illness because um, not only are we talking about like the queer elements of these films, but if you think about it, obviously she was, there was something wrong with her to begin with. You know, she had some sort of, I mean, coming from that type of home life, I get that, but it was kind of a shot at mental illness because especially towards the end, it's like she let, she got so obsessed that it made her kind of like actually made her crazy. Yeah. She had a, well, yeah, she had a borderline personality disorder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she had something. Well, she was a sociopath. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. So it's like also in these films, do you not only get that you, you get a little bit of a taste of what, someone with an actual mental illness can go through and yeah. Cause sometimes you're like, Oh, I love Nancy. She's like fucking cool. And like, she's a bitch, but like the best bitch. But then you're like, she's a fucking actual bitch. She's like, the worst and, bitch. Yeah. She's crazy. <laughs> so that's my final bad. Which is funny. Cause she actually played worst witch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she went from worst witch. She went from worst witch to worst bitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, for my final bad, killing Skeet Ulrich is like standard 90s horror fare. I get mm-hmm. that. That's fine. But when Nancy does it, she gets like this this multi-cut head shaking till it blurs <laughs> effect. <laughs> yeah. And it's always struck me as really fucking weird and dumb. <clears throat> I've seen it in other things, like even in like epic rap battles, they have a scene where like Han- uh, where uh, Hannibal Lecter or Jack the Ripper shakes his head for like the blurry shit. And I'm like, yeah, Yeah. you're trying to make shit look scary. I get what you're trying to do. But Mm -hmm. this this just 
I only see that the person doing it will get really fucking dizzy real quick. Yeah. Like, I would have preferred if she was, like, screaming while staring at him, have some wind blowing her hair all over the place in the room, lights flash, maybe, like, give her some black contacts to show, like, a dark force is emerging from her. Yeah, But, like, turning her head into a fucking blur, it's, mm, they could have done better. They could have. I I know that that part is kind of goofy, like her shaking her head. Cause you almost can't really understand either what she's saying. Cause she's just like going back and forth so abruptly that it's um, okay. We get it. You hate Chris and she wasn't going to give up on killing him like this. He was going to die and she did. It didn't matter. But yeah, the whole head shaking thing was a little uh, dramatic for that scene. And they could have fa- they could have done it a little if they wanted to make it scarier. Yes, her staring straight at him and her eyes turning black, or just yeah, she her can still face. be screaming, or like yeah, her bringing face up terrible changing. things that he did to her. Exactly, and but you know she only brings up the one thing like you treat women like whores, and it's like okay, well we know he does, like that's obvious at the beginning of the of the movie, but. Yeah, I don't know about the. I mean, the eyes being black, or the fact that she did use the glamour spell on him at first to trick him, playing Sarah. She could have like changed her face, like that would have been really fucking wicked to like change your face like right then in front of him and make it look like Sarah's killing you. But really, it's fucking Nancy. But yeah, they did the head shaking thing. I don't know. Not really sure. Yeah. Also, like, killing him. It's, you know, it's, the guy really didn't deserve it. Like, was he a Mm -hmm. dick? Yeah, but he he was the kind of jerk where, like, you know, you slap him in the face, you know, maybe maybe expose his antics to the school. Like, he's not, like, really harming women physically. Like, emotionally, yes. Not going to deny that. Like, he's, he's all about his image, but he's not, you know, he he respected a, a woman's body. In as much as we've, in as much as we saw, like he no meant no, he got that. Yeah. And everything he did afterwards was, you know, his mind literally being programmed to mm-hmm. love someone. Exactly. And, so that and, wasn't his fault in that aspect. Yeah. So you know, if you like, either like unbrainwashed him or like gave him like a different, pro- like you could have like. Even if he suffered more, like with, with different programming, or like Nancy, oh fuck, Nancy, uh, Nancy is that her name? Nancy no. is uh, Feruza, Sarah. Yeah, Sarah. Yeah, Sarah. So, like, if Sarah figured out how to deprogram him, like, that would be like the first step to her redemption. But no, like, she just fucks up and this guy just pays the price. Well, she does try to go and undo the love spell. Remember when they go back to the, um, to, you know, right? She's like, how do you undo this? And the, and Lirio, was that her name? Yeah. Lirio? Okay. <laughs> so the owner tries to tell her, you basically, you can't undo the spell. It has to play out. It has to run its course. Yeah, but what does that, it's like, that, that, that was such a terrible cop-out. Does that mean, like, you have to like put up with it for like a month or two until he's completely exhausted his emotions. Does that mean like his his infatuation will only be released if she puts out to him? Uh, I mean, yeah, it doesn't say, but what the hell does play itself out mean? (laughs) Do you mean like, you're just going to have to put up with it until you fucking kill him in self-defense? 
Like, there are so many ways playing it out can be interpreted. It, it's not like the love spell was, like, natural, like, oh, she gave him what was already there. Like, he was kind of a dick, but he wasn't, yeah. like, an obsessive rapist. So it put what wasn't there in the first place. So saying, like, oh, yeah, you're opening the floodgates. Like, it, he didn't seem like he was holding back a rapist flood. Mm-mm. So I, this was just a terrible explanation as to, like, we're not going to show this character even try. Like, at yeah. least try five, like four or five different things. She just took some random shopkeeper's word for it and didn't yeah. even try. Well, and I, well, you know, Sarah was actually more of a natural witch, right? Because they yeah. kind of get into that later on. But um, You think she'd so, get the coven together and be like, okay, we're going to try at least. Yeah, to undo the spell on him because... You know what? I think, too, what happened is that because there was not any natural love for her there in the beginning, because I don't he didn't love her. I, he was just trying to hook up with her, obviously. So then you take something like that um, and then you do this love spell on him. So it just becomes the obsession. It doesn't become this like, oh, I'm actually in love with you. I don't want to hurt you. But as you, you know, you go further into the movie, you see that he does start to become a little aggressive with her out of his obsession. But he also can't control it because yeah. he's fucking under a spell. So, yeah, you think if what's her name, like Nancy, had all the thing that she'd ask Nancy, hey, can you use your super manamana power to right. you know, see if you can get this guy to cool his Jess? And she's like, oh, yeah, sure. And then she just fucking kills him. Like, yeah. It's like the lack of trying to undo this fact where you basically, <laughs> you, where you basically, you rape this, this poor guy's mind. She she did, but I also like like we talked about before. I don't think they knew none of them knew what they were getting into in the aspect of getting what they wanted. Yeah. And so, in getting what you want, you sometimes get what you don't want. So, you know, that was the whole point. Like he became obsessed. You know, fucking Rochelle had to deal with those consequences. Bonnie had to deal with her consequences. Everybody had consequences. Did Bonnie have consequences really for her shit. She got, her, um, she got her. She got her burns taken off, but it's not like she yeah. either became. It's not like she did anything wrong with she her with didn't. her new loves. Yeah, she didn't. She became more flirty, but yeah, it's uh, not like she she went dark side and was started, was stealing everyone's boyfriends or. What's true? So maybe Rochelle and Bonnie, because Rochelle and Bonnie actually don't seem to get. Uh, you're right. They don't really get an actual henchmen at the punishment. End. Yeah, they don't get like an actual punishment except for at the end. They get you scared know, off. Well, they get scared off, but they also lose their powers. They don't yeah. have any of the, they can't do any of the witchcraft anymore. So does that mean they can't do any more harm or does that mean their stuff gets undone? Because if I don't know. stuff gets undone, that would mean that uh, alt-right Barbie would get her hair back. And, True. And Bonnie would get her burns back. These are questions that we may never know, and I'm sure they don't explain them in the, um, you know, that the what was it, the new one that they made or whatever. <laughs> no, well, they don't. I'm explain pretty sure it. the sequel would treat these two characters like the last third of the movie did, and they don't exist. Yeah, exactly. Which is which is okay. They weren't honestly. They weren't that. They were relevant, but you know, when we get into the to the end, it's uh, it's all about Sarah and Nancy. Yeah, it starts off as an ensemble, but then it becomes a a one on one rivalry. Yeah, it's like a duo. 
a duel or something, whatever you call it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so that's my final bad. Mm-hmm. Yours too? That was my final bad. Yep. Okay, so got any what the fucks? I do have some. Okay, so we have my first what the fuck. So at the very beginning, you know, when they get into the, the and uh, Sarah goes to her new house, which looks like fucking Mr. Belvedere's mansion type shit. It's like, holy fucking shit, this is a massive house. Um, now you now you understand why she thinks having only $50 in your pocket is basically walking around broke. Right. And she's like, white trash. But look at me, I have a 50. I don't. I haven't owned a $50 bill <laughs> like in forever. Uh, <laughs> so you have the weird homeless guy. You know, he's carrying the snake. And me, I was just like, what the fuck? Like, he just comes in walks into the house, right? And she's like fixed out. I think she was messing with some picture frames or something. And um, I don't like snakes. So that was a what the fuck for me because just the (laughs) sight of snakes like freaks me the fuck out. And also it's like, what was his, what was his entitlement to the movie really? I thought at first he would have been like the groundskeeper. Right? But like he's this creepy guy. He doesn't show up later though. (laughs) Well, no. Except when he gets hit by. He, he, he gets, shows uh, up. Yeah, he gets, gets Micho blacked. <laughs> yeah, he shows up one more time, but it's just so. It has me scratching my head. Like, what was the point of having him in this? Like, he scared Sarah for like two seconds. Okay, whatever. I'm the homeless guy squatting in this for sale mansion. Uh, yeah. Why is there a homeless person hanging around like this? They look like they're in Los Angeles, so it's like obviously they live in this really fucking nice ass neighborhood and house. There's a random homeless guy holding the tiniest little snake you've ever seen. (laughs) So I don't know what the fuck. Uh, (laughs) My what the fuck was uh, a silly one. It was whenever Feruza bulk was speaking, but off screen. Yeah. I I thought I was hearing cat Denning. (laughs) Uh, Cat Denning is, um, She's the actress with the big lips, or am I right? And the big knockers. And the big knock. Well, yeah, I wasn't going to throw that in. And she's like five foot four. So. Yeah, she and she's in, in um, Thor 2. Thor. Oh. Two Broke Girls. Oh, Two Broke Girls. Yeah, but she's also in the uh, Infinite Playlist movie with, um, what's that? Michael Sarah, the goofy dude. Yeah. Yeah, that was actually a good movie. You know, she's yeah, engaged she's- to Andrew W.K. Really? Why? Wow. I guess she also likes to party, party, party. She needs to have a party. And if you're going to party, you better party hardy. She's really cute. And you know what? She's also, and I think I told you this other night when I was messaging you, or last night, I was watching The House Bunny. She's actually in that. Because we were talking about The House Bunny. Like, it's so fucking stupid. That movie is ridiculous. But I needed a movie to fall asleep to. (laughs) Yeah, I've always had, like, a crush on Kat Denning. Like, cute funny and just so freaking cute that's right nick and nora's infinite playlist that's the actual name of the movie and i have it on dvd so you know like i didn't watch two broke girls my sister was into it didn't didn't really watch it though i like the uh the black guy that was in it i fucking forget his name now but Mm -hmm. i would that was my first time discovering him turns out he'd been on saturday night live he was like a fucking prominent uh actor and comic oh uh garrett morris right 
Uh-huh. And we reviewed the stuff. He was Chocolate Chip Charlie. Oh, my God. That's really fucking cool. Like, he's been in a lot of stuff. He was even uh, in an episode, I believe. I may have to go back and fact check that. But I think he was in an episode of the Wayans Brothers. Like, he's in a lot of, or he was on another comedy show. Was it the Jamie Foxx show? I Maybe. Oh god, it's gonna drive me crazy. But anyways, yeah, I know who that is. But if, he's if been in just like John, random shit. If you don't have John Witherspoon, you have Garrett Morris. Oh, I love John Witherspoon. R.I.P. But seriously, like he was great. Ah, uh, true treasure. Yep, he was in the Jamie Foxx show. Sorry, I had to say that real quick. He was. He was one of the main characters in the Jamie Foxx show, which did not air for a super long time. But. <laughs> Well, maybe it did, but anyways, I didn't really watch it a whole lot. So, what's your next what the fuck? All right, so my next what the fuck <laughs> is actually uh, Brecken, Brecken Meyer's character, which I didn't know his name was Mitt. Is that it? Like, yeah. uh, what the fuck? I didn't even know his fucking name. I've seen this maybe a hundred times. But this is kind of a what the fuck. Like, he, was, he sounded a little racist whenever he made this comment uh, that they're in French class and... You know, he's basically like, oh, we're in L.A. Shouldn't we be learning Mexican? And I'm like, it's fucking Spanish. Like, Mexican's not a fucking language. <laughs> and I don't know. You could tell he was kind of a douchebag, though. He didn't have a big role in this movie. But I was still like, what the fuck? There, we, we have a little bit of racist undertones going on in this movie as well. <laughs> so, there you go. Oh, yeah, the 90s didn't quite... Uh handle race no well again like you, you think again going back to Rochelle you think oh we're gonna see some like in-depth uh you know institutional racism or you know yeah. we see her being a victim of racism so we're gonna hear her story we're gonna like get like an insight into like the black experience when you're in like an upper class white area how you know yeah. you're still even you're still black even if you've got like a decent income, you're you're out of the ghetto, but people are still going to treat you like you're from the ghetto. Yeah, exactly. Because that's but all people see when they see black people. Exactly, so, but you don't get that. So yeah, you think you were going to get that, but no, no, you don't. Mm -mm. I mean, you even could you even could have taken it with the glamour thing, where like she just like turns herself white. And she's just like, wow, people are really fucking treating me different now. Right? Like, we didn't need to make you blonde. Oh, we would have Even fucking better turn Laura black. That would have been a real fucking crazy ass, you know, invocation or whatever you want to say. Like, that would have been crazy. Oh, my God. That would have been great. It's like, let, let's let you live in the shoes of someone that has to... To face this fucking bullshit every day. You're causing it, but let's turn you African-American. Let's do that. I know. You could have done so much to make... You just made her hair fall out. Like, ugh, yeah. okay. That's so petty. Yeah, that is pretty petty. <laughs> but they were yeah. they were girls, so bitches be bitches. I'm just saying. <laughs> I still like this movie. It just had potential to be yeah. much more. I get it. I, I, I can respect that. I understand. Like, it... With everything we've discussed, it does give me a little bit of a different viewpoint on where they did make a lot of mistakes. And, yeah. you know, so there you go. Yeah, they, they just basically stopped writing her and mm -hmm. she kept showing up. She did. And you know. But I felt Rochelle had like a, a bigger story than Bonnie. Like, 
Yeah, I, I was cute, but I had like some yeah. scary back. So as long as and you're wearing like, long sleeve shirts, you're still cute. You're still fucking I mean, you're Campbell. Still, it wasn't like all over her fucking face. Like, yeah, it was like on her back and I guess like her arms, even though they showed the bandage on her neck. It was like maybe that was to like protect <laughs> the rest of the skin. But um, I don't know. Yeah, but also the opera. Like, have her have, like, really long hair covering half her face, and then when you brush yeah. the back, you see burns. Like, It was, like, on her back. No dude cares about that. Like, honestly, come on now. She's really pretty. So, like, would yeah. you really care about her back being a little bit scarred? Yeah, like, the guys, the guys would basically be like, fuck, as long as she's on her back, I don't care what it looks like. <laughs> hey, you'll never see it then. There you go. <laughs> Problem solved. Yeah, so, like... Both Bonnie and Rochelle, but got they got done dirty. Like they had yeah. more going for them than just henchmen. Yeah, they did. They did. And it's like someone just thought, what if they had an interesting story? And then halfway through, they're just like, who are these guys? Who are these again? Yeah, I feel like they were supposed to be afterthought characters, though. Like even watching the movie, you know, in its entirety. They were just like the little bitches. Like they were like the, you almost say like bitch boys, but like. They were just kind of the leftovers. They were just like, exactly. So their stories are not going to be relevant and you won't get any more out of why they are the way that they are or like yeah. what happened to them. So they had the seeds of possibility, but then yeah. they just weren't given any fertile ground. Exactly. So any more what the fucks? I have two more what the fucks. If you do you want me to go ahead and go through them? Absolutely. All right. So. Chris telling everybody, okay, this was a what the fuck because it, it wasn't necessary for me. Chris telling everybody that he and Sarah screwed on their date. And he basically told everybody that she's the lousiest lady that he ever had. Um, and then that whole scene where she confronts him, like Sarah's like, fuck this. I'm going to go to his locker. But then he's just like, oh, oh, sorry that you're like obsessed with me. Like, um, I don't want to go out with you. And it's like, that's really fucked up, dude. Like, I get that he was a douchebag, but it was like, and he did spread those rumors about her. So it makes perfect sense that her feelings towards him would be complicated because let's do the love spell because I, you know, maybe she did, like I said, she liked him. But it's like, you don't go around telling everybody that y'all didn't even fucking fuck each other. So you have no idea. And um, then I'll go with my last what the fuck. We have Christine Taylor's character, Laura. (laughs) Basically, (laughs) she's a fucking total bitch. And again, I can't stand racist shit. I am so against it that I could do a whole podcast on it. Like, I fucking hate it. And the fact that she calls her, like we mentioned before, a negroid. Like, what the fuck is your problem? Like, Bonnie, I mean, uh, Bonnie, Rochelle was doing nothing. She was just, like, standing there in the, in their locker rooms, like, brushing her hair and doing nothing. And it's like, Laura's like, oh, there's a pubic hair. Must be one of Bonnie's little, uh, Bonnie, sorry, Rochelle's little nappy hairs. It's like she, what did, what did Rochelle do to Laura that would invoke all of this hate anyway? Man, she some existed. people just hate to hate. Well, I know, but she it's like. She existed while black. And she that's just, it. And she was, I guess they did the whole swim team thing together, right? Remember, they were doing the diving and, and bullshit. And the only time that fucking Rochelle was able to do a decent dive was when Laura was in distress because she kept distracting her. Because she was an asshole. She was just, like, picking on her. It was, like, annoying. I'm just like, what the fuck's your problem? 
Well, it, it, I mean, it's, it's a sad fact. Lots of people are threatened by black existence or they mm-hmm. fear black excellence. They like, do. Like and the thought that somebody on the team might be a better swimmer and they, and they happen to be one of those people. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it just, they lose their fucking minds. Mm-hmm. No, they do, and I, and I get that, like uh, like I said, but it still was like, I guess I'm very against, like, I, I don't like racism and I don't like bullying, it's, it's especially unintentional bullying. I mean, any bullying is wrong, but it's like, Rochelle was doing nothing. Yeah. Now, do, do we know if she ever made some smart-ass comment to Laura before? Highly doubt it, given her character, and it was just like, Laura was just a fucking stuck-up white bitch. There you yeah. go. Even if she, but, even, like, she couldn't. Yeah, well, she wouldn't have been as hateful then. And mm-hmm. we just need to hate her. Exactly. I mean, it, it could have been simply just like, like you pork punch <clears throat> on me at, a, at my seventh grade birthday party. Yeah, <laughs> and, right. And it's like, like dumb. That, that's why I'm just going to hate you for all of high school. Yeah, I mean, high school fucking sucks anyway, or it sucked. So, <laughs> barf. Yeah. So, any more? That was it. That was my last of my two what the fucks. All right. So, now I'll take you to the kill of the week. And uh, I'm going to give it to Ray, the stepfather. The Mm -hmm. only one in this movie that dies that actually (laughs) deserves it. And the best part is the act of dying left his abused wife a uh, nice life insurance policy. Yes. So she finally got her 24-7 Connie Francis fix. There you go. That's a great kill of the week. I like that. Uh, I, however, did not. I thought about it because in this whole film, you have Chris, you have the weird stepdad, but I gave it to the homeless looking guy because Ooh, he actually gets run over. Yeah, but he actually do, gets run over and it's like graphic. under the fender. No, you see, you that see it. We'll roll over him. Like you hear it, but don't, don't like his ass gets smashed by the car. Now, did he deserve to get killed? No, I think he was just this cra- like he was mentally unstable homeless guy that was like maybe he was trying to warn Sarah though. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> evil is fixing to happen. I have this snake, and maybe the snake had some secrets. I don't know. The snake. But- the snake told me you've got some bad <laughs> shit happening in your in your life. So we're going to come tell you everything. But then like, you know, that whole thing was also in that kill though, when they go running off, you know, all the girls go running off to this like little wooded area. And it's like, did we make that happen? Oh my God. And it makes you wonder, did Sarah kind of make the kill happen? Or was it just coincidence that he kept walking out into the street and uh, fuck, you know, he got ran over. Yeah. But he walked into the street without looking. He did. That's where cars are. So <laughs> they are, they are, but Sarah also ran out there, and it's yeah. like she was fine. If but he was I chasing know. her through an open field, and a car hit him yeah. out of nowhere or dropped on him, we'll take it. Then, then <laughs> yes, okay, we can suspect witchcraft. You have manifested a car, <laughs> but the idea is like it's witchcraft because he chased yeah. me out into the street and he got hit by a car, and I'm like, yeah, that's where they be. Yeah, that's where they be. That right? If you get in, look. If a car hits you, it's gonna hurt. I'm just that's a PSA for everybody. It, it if a car a, hits you, it was a graphic kill. I'll give you that. Like, 
It was. That's pulled why I liked fender. it. I thought that's where it was going to end, but then you see like him get pulled under, and then you see him in the undercarriage of the car, like bouncing off the street, thumped by like, the wheel, and I'm like, oh they, fuck. His- his fucking brain gets smashed. But see, with um, the the creepy stepdad, it's like he dies of like a heart attack or something. So it's like, okay, that's awful. But it, there is no graphic, you know, uh, yeah. intensity to it. And then you, Chris, it is just implied you, his kill, though he does go out the window, obviously his head gets smashed or he, it's he a second, dies. You don't even see how he falls. Like, does he get impaled on no. the patio? Because a second no. story fall will fuck you up. But, you know, there's a. Would it kill kill you? you. Yeah. But you kind of hear like a little bit of a, I don't want to say like a splat sound, but you kind of hear something. So obviously you hear the screaming. So that implies like he's dead, fucking deader than a doornail. There you go. But yeah, so that's my kill of the week. You know, it wouldn't be funny if he just got like shot out flying through the window and then like he lands on his two buddies. Right. Oh God. (laughs) And so it's like a three course pileup. Or maybe he would have survived, right? Okay. So he would have went out the window possibly survived and then the love spell is broken and then he's all like apologizing to sarah like, <laughs> all, I'm all, so he sorry. Needed, all he needed was a massive concussion <laughs> and it's, that reset his brain <laughs> right <laughs> instead of nancy being like you're sorry you're sorry like losing her shit he could have been the one to be like oh i'm actually sorry because nancy was not let's or, just say that or at least like get the fuck away from me it's like yeah. hey that's better than please touch my people yeah so, yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, great. Now he can go back to being with his buddies. Well, you know, being taken off the football team because he's now on crutches. Ah, yeah, or his head's bandaged up. But either way, yeah, his kill was a little bit more just, it was the implication that, like, yeah, he got killed. But the best two kills would have been the the, the creepy stepdad or whatever, and then of course the homeless guy. Yeah. So we we pick good. We pick two good out of the three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can both agree that Skeet shouldn't have gotten killed. Least, like, I don't think he should have. No, fucked up. Have the spell broken. You know. You know. Mm-hmm. Show us what running its course looks like. You know, without him being six feet under. Exactly. Like, I think they should have just left him alone in the movie. I feel like it's okay to get your revenge and, like, Nancy wanted to, like, fuck with him. Okay. But, like, that scene could have ended where Nancy left. There didn't have to be any type of thing. And maybe Sarah was basically like, that was what undid the spell. And it could have even went further into maybe him not even remembering that he was, like, obsessed with her. And it just kind of like, okay, just go ahead and hang out with your douchebag quarterbacks. And, like, let's leave him alone. And then he's written out of the movie. Yeah. Or, or, <laughs> there or, you go. Or if Nancy just fucks him while looking like Sarah. And then yes. that, that's the release. That That's playing it. That's playing it out. Yeah, because they had already fucked anyway prior because that was that was like you kind of knew at the beginning when she was saying that he was a total like douchebag. You kind of had the inclination that, yeah, she's probably hooked up with him, but he hooked up with because there's always the preppy guys that want to get with the gothy girls who are kind of edgy. But they don't want to tell anybody that they kind of got with um, this girl. And it's kind of like Carrie to the Rage, right? That whole girl, you know, her character, it was like, she was a little edgy. Oh, shit. You got to watch it. Oh, my God. It's, it's, I actually like it. It's one of my favorites. I won't podcast on it just because um, the format of my podcast, 
you know, I kind of trash talk and talk about <laughs> shitty movies. I can't do it because I can't find enough. Like, I can't shit talk it enough. <laughs> so you, <laughs> anyway, it, watch it. If at all, you may have to talk about it on this cast so you can just praise it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> hint, hint. <laughs> I, I think I get the hint. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so uh, now for the rating, I'm going to give this movie five beached sharks of various species out of five. Oh, i'm so excited that makes my heart my black heart so happy <laughs> that's great i'm glad that you enjoyed it it was a frolic awesome. and good time yes it's awesome ah, despite we spend about a good 40 minutes talking about how this was only half a movie <laughs> that's true but like i like i mentioned before even if you really love a film, you're still going to find shit that you don't like about it. There's going to be technical errors. There's going to be plot holes. There's going to be character flaws. I get that. But as long as the movie in its entirety is very well, like you enjoy it, it always deserves a great rating. So we'll give my rating. And I gave it five out of five flying Nancy's. Because <laughs> <laughs> I love the end. I love it. Because she... I'm telling you, they couldn't have picked a better person to portray the fucking insane Nancy at the end when they lock her ass up. Because, I mean, obviously, she's like, I can fly. I'm flying. And it's like, but you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> you is tied down. You are not going anywhere. Flying, and she, bitch. You can't even sit. Right? Like, <laughs> she looks so creepy. But, you you know, I forgot at first that she has all these cut marks on her face. And uh, then I was like, oh, it's because Sarah, like, basically kind of threw her through the through a mirror. And that's why she would have all the cut marks on her face. But she was fucking freaky at the end. <laughs> but, yes, I'm so I'm so excited that you actually really like this movie. And I and I want to just say that I'm so sorry that I didn't love <laughs> our other movies that we watch. <laughs> I, I think you may have. I like, Sans color. You, you had a bad time <laughs> with the Abba League. Although, like, you may have had to, like, give, like, a second rating. It's like, my experience was a two yeah. out of five. The movie yeah. itself, though, I think had great content. Like, you know, sympathetic characters in a bad situation. It the story did. Was good. It was just delivered in an unpalatable medium for you. Well, and you know what it is? I'm just like, like we, like I've said before, I am not really a fan of the black and white films. And that doesn't mean that I will not watch them. And it also like having the subtitles and having the foreign aspect of the film. Like, yeah, I've seen High Tension. Now, I know that's not the only foreign film. That's just one that comes to mind. That one was French, but it was dubbed. And so, again... It was easier, it was more palatable <laughs> to watch it because I'm sitting there like, okay, yeah, the dubbing is not great, it's not great, but you could follow through with the movie. You could, you kind of started to forget that these fucking women didn't actually speak English. <laughs> you're just kind of watching the movie and you're like, this, and it's gory. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's so fucking gory and crazy. Like, it'll, like, fuck with your head. It's insane. <laughs> you should watch it. Uh, okay, so I guess that's it. Uh, we both enjoyed this movie. We if did. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's fucking great. Feruza Balk, Nev Campbell, uh, Sarah Tunney, 
and Rachel True, all friggin' hot at this point. Some less, but <laughs> the passage of time That's is okay. the passage of time is a cruel. Just like Manon is is a fickle god, gives to some and takes from others. There you go. I mean, it's okay. And if anybody wants to look up Feruza Balk, you know, 2021, you will see that she sort of kind of looks like she could be Steven Tyler's distant cousin. I'm not really sure what's going on, but poor, but you know what? Don't, it's look, okay. up her, don't look up her Wikipedia. It looks like she's uh, been poisoned by the Joker. It's mm-hmm. just remember her as she was in the water boy. And in this time. Yes. Remember her from the 90s, and then you guys will be all okay. (laughs) Well, uh, we hope that you enjoyed this episode, and we hope that you enjoy as we continue Pride Month on the Graveyard Shift. We have a few more. We have Mm -hmm. just two more to go. Yep. And uh, until next time, I'm Mike. And I'm Heather. And thank you for joining us for Pride Month on the Graveyard Shift. The Graveyard Shift is a Strange Biscuits production. Visit our website at strangebiscuits.com slash graveyardshift to hear all of our previous episodes. Subscribe to us, rate, and review us on CastBox, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, and Spotify. And don't forget to check out our Instagram at The Graveyard Shift Pod, as well as our Facebook at The Graveyard Shift Pod. Our Twitter is GS underscore Horror Pod. And if you wish to support the show financially, visit us at patreon.com slash graveyard. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help support the show and get bonus content. The theme for The Graveyard Shift is As Brutal As It Ever Was by Technoaxe. Visit their website at technoaxe.com and their YouTube channel for more royalty-free music. Thank you for listening, and as always, stay spooky. Ha 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 